0: Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. <laughs> Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League uh, coming to you uh, ahead of Round Six this week, Griffo. We um we unfortunately didn't get a podcast together last week, so the uh, the Rugby League community and the Carpoolers have been uh, they've been hanging out for a bit of content.
1: Yeah, it was unfortunate, but there's a lot going on at this time. Unfortunately, we can't control some of it, and uh, yeah. So, but here we're back. We're back for the first time in April.
0: That's right. We are back. And um, yeah, <laughs> as, you, as you can hear, we're going to um, apologize for any costs or sneezes and whatnot. As you guys know, if you're a close listener, Griffo is recovering from, um, from COVID. I'm currently uh, infected with the COVID nineteen, so it's uh, it's got the both of us, and um, yeah, so <laughs> we'll try not to uh, try not to cough and splutter throughout the podcast as we uh, as we go through. But there's there's plenty of footy to talk about, Griffo, because we have got a couple of weeks to catch up on. Um, mainly, first we'll we'll have a have a look at what's happened in the most recent uh, week. Obviously, we don't want to go back too far and. Um, you know, most, most partners that listen to us, they're up to date with what's going on in rugby league and they're looking for a bit of insight. So we'll go through last week's results uh, in round five just to keep everyone up to speed and make sure they are aware of where their team is at. Uh, on Thursday night, Griffo, the first game last week was uh, the Seagulls against the Knights. This was an interesting one. I know in our carpool rugby league um, tipping comp, this had a lot of people split. A lot of people actually uh, thought that the Newcastle Knights could take their good early form into this game, playing at home and get a win against the Seagulls. But unfortunately for the Novocastrians, Manly had other plans. Uh, Without Turbo, they weren't turbocharged, but they still got the win 30 points to six uh, in this one. Probably a good sign for for Manly fans that they can um, get the job done without Tommy Turbo at the back.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't see this game. I did see the highlights, but... um... I did tip newcastle i thought without without uh, tommy um i'll go the home side i know you tipped uh manly in fact you tipped the round last week so uh, you're in good form so listeners if you're in a tipping comp graham's uh, graham's in the hot form at the moment um
0: he is my driver as well
1: <clears throat> you did yeah i'm in mean, the hottest of hot form um so uh, that's catapulted you to the top. But for those uh, Carpool Rugby League listeners uh, who are on the tipping, you'd see that Graham is, uh, is way out in front now after last week.
0: In all fairness, though, Griffo, I think there was about seven people in the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp that got a full round last week. It's an amazing effort. And um, I know we're talking about this game, but I just have to give a shout-out to the Hazo Hillbilly, who isn't far behind me, still has his joker in hand,
1: Two perfect rounds in a row, so yeah, Hazel Hill Billy, uh, obviously well, um, knows his rugby or her rugby league, um, yeah. So look, uh, got off to a great start for the Sea Eagles, and uh, we'll have a bit of a look at the ladder later. But um, fair to say, the cream is starting to rise to the top. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say there, I Just. Um... Just, just with that one, it's it's starting to feel like now um, after a slow start that, that Manly is making one of those, making that little push uh, to be considered one of those top teams, and all of a sudden they're not too far from the top.
1: Yeah, their quality. Mm. Yeah, their quality. Um, and uh, you know the challenge for them is still to be able to beat a top line side, but um, yeah, they they don't have a lot of trouble with the lower lights and. While Newcastle started off promising with the first two wins and um, pushed Penrith uh, when they were down to twelve men, um, the question is: Has the uh, are the wheels starting to fall off uh, the chariots of the Knights? And uh, mm. I guess uh, next week's a big game. They were right up there after two rounds and, and pushed the Panthers with 12 men. Now the, the questions are being asked of this team. Um, on the flip side, Manly flying high again. So yeah. well done, Manly. Um, as I said, I can't really comment too much because I didn't. I was out that night, didn't see the game, but apparently it was quite close until the last 10 minutes, and Manly just kicked away as they can do with their uh, the attacking arsenal that they've got there.
0: Yep. And, and speaking of close games, it continued into the second game of the uh of the the weekend with the Warriors uh taking on the Cowboys. Uh, this one went into Golden Point. That's how close it was. The Warriors ended up um getting the job done twenty-five-24. This is one of those games that could have gone either way. Uh, it was really tight. The Cowboys uh, started really well. They scored the fur oh, well, they scored the first try of the game and then um uh most of their points were scored, I think, by about you know a couple of minutes into uh, the second half. Uh, we saw the the Warriors. Um, they they scored a try. I think it was about ten or fifteen to go through. Uh, you and Aitken, which um, which gave them a shot at uh, at winning the game, and then the field goal to Sean Johnson at the end. These are two of those teams, Griffo. When you when you've got the, these teams that we don't expect to make the eight. You're going to see these these scraps that are hard to tip where, where they could go either way, and this one went the Warriors' way.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I was on the Cowboys, and um, I've not had a lot of success with my tipping and around the Cowboys. This was a game they, they let slip. Um, they had this game under control, and they just let it slip. And, um, you know, congratulations to the Warriors. They hung in there, and it eventually... He, um you know, Sean Johnson got field goal. Uh, he had had a previous attempt, and they went down the other end. And, and Chad Townsend, a really disappointing um, drop goal attempt from him, um, that ended up almost further away from the post than where he kicked it from. It was just, it's not what you want from a guy who's who's on big dollars, they got at least get close. I mean, you expect them to get close. They're not going to ice it every time, but I was really disappointed because I tipped them and then then they just let the Warriors get straight up field after that. It was a little bit disappointing from my point of view, but a big bonus for the Warriors. They're currently in... uh, you know in a good spot with three wins Hmm. but to be fair i can't see either of these teams making the eight um warriors have beaten poor teams when they come up against good sides uh, i can't see them winning too many games to to be honest cowboys look you know that that was they let that slip away you want to make the eight you got to beat teams like the warriors Um, as i said i don't see a, a top eight for either of these two teams but as it stands, the Warriors are well entrenched in the top eight. I think actually the Cowboys are in eighth as well. So yeah, they're seventh um, and I just think there's yeah, yeah. I think there's other teams that are as the season goes on that are that are going to pass these guys.
0: Yeah, and and two teams that are that are, um, you know, have been in a lot of people's top eights. I mean, the Roosters, we uh, we had them ranked number one in all our previews. They took on the Broncos, who many people think can make the the top eight. They've had a bit of an up-and-down season, though, the Broncos. They're out of the eight at the moment. And this was a bit of an up-and-down game. It was a bit of a seesaw affair. At one stage, uh, it looked like the Broncos might be able to get a win over the Roosters, even though many expected the Roosters to win this one comfortably. And in the end, Griffo, um, the funny thing is... It was basically the goal kicking of, um, of the Roosters that got them home. Um, Adam Reynolds only getting two conversions. It was four tries each. Uh, this will be one where Brisbane, um, yeah, they just, they just seem to be able to let games slip when they look like they might be able to get a win. Don't they, Griffo?
1: Look, they were really good in the first half, the Broncos, um, the the constant challenge for the Brisbane Broncos is to be able to put eighty minutes of good football yeah. t- together. On paper, they've got a good side. Um, to the Roosters' credit, um, they got home uh, on the back of Joey Manu and and with a lot of help from Sam Walker. Um, a game they didn't look like winning there for a long time. Uh, the Broncos looked the better side. Roosters came back. I think the Broncos might have kicked ahead again. Uh, and then the Roosters uh, got them in the end. Uh, it was a great Friday night of football. I mean, um, the Warriors-Cowboys was was a good quality game, um, as was the, the Broncos and Roosters. So, um, yeah, it was a good night of, of rugby league for, for your uh, neutrals like myself. um Broncos can take you know a fair bit out of that game and you know, the way they played in, in particular, um, Kitoni Stags. He was unstoppable, um, but especially in the first half. I mean, he's, he's just when he's on, no one can stop him. Yeah, uh, he's a very similar sort of <coughs> uh, player in many ways to, to David Fafita in that it's just a powerhouse who when they're on their game, they just can't be tackled. And poor old uh, Paul Momorowski, who's a good defensive center, was, was made to look quite mediocre by Katoni Um, So Stags had been out of form, really, for a few weeks. Hadn't seen much of a positive nature. He bounced back, and but still, as good as he was, he couldn't get his team over the line. Um the uh, broncos if they continue that sort of uh, form they'll uh, they'll challenge the top 8 but um obviously against the the top line sides um they're still you can't see them really winning those games but uh, a good performance from both teams joey manu was was amazing um so you had stags on one side um Doing the damage, and then Joey Manu on the Rooster side—they they weren't playing it opposite each other, um, but uh, both those guys were outstanding uh, uh, last week in, in in a high quality game.
0: Yeah, and and look, talking about outstanding, um, the Melbourne Storm uh, yet again—they had a really great showing. Uh, this game was in Wagga; they defeated the Raiders thirty points to to sixteen. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I, I did laugh at the end there with the the Raiders. Um, look, if they get in the top eight and it's on two points for and against, all the power to them. They did take that penalty goal right on full time to make it thirty to uh, sixteen. It was thirty to fourteen prior to that. Five tries to two. Um, look, what do you? What else do you say other than the fact that they're the storm and they're phenomenal?
1: Yeah, they. Um... The lot of points in, in the storm. Um, they'll be uh, they'll be top four, and the Raiders are one of these sides that are challenging for uh, you know the either position seven or eight. Um, they are a chance of getting there. The Raiders uh, they're a little bit inconsistent at the moment. Uh, Roster wise, they should you know really be a chance of making the eight. Um, they've got to put away all the other sides below them and around them. Um, because I don't see him beating too many of the top line sides. Um, some really high quality attacking, uh, as we expect from the storm, I think, uh, in Pappenhausen, um, he's been on fire this year. Monster, uh, Harry Grant, all strong games. Um, I don't think too many people thought the Raiders would beat the Storm, no. and that's how it panned out.
0: Yep, yep. And the, uh, the, the woes for the St. George Illawarra Dragons continue. Uh, their their poor start to the season, um, <coughs> just, it was just another poor performance from them again, 24-12. to 12, uh, They went down to the Rabbitohs out at Homebush on Saturday evening. Um, whilst the Dragons lost the game, um, the Rabbitohs yet again uh, have lost the trail.
1: Yeah, he's, um, you know, you'd say he hasn't had a lot of luck over the last few years. Um, Fortunately, uh, Blake Tuff has has come back from his injury and and he's a very, very capable replacement in the number one jersey. South were good last week. They're not in the eight at the moment, but they've had a tough draw. And, And we talked about this before the season started, that they really had... Yeah. A tough draw for the yeah. first four rounds, um, <clears throat> playing uh, three of the top-line sides. They they got one win out of those first four rounds against the Roosters, very convincing win. Uh did go down to the Broncos, but uh, I think they had the Storm and the Panthers. So um, they go into a, a, a phase of their season where I think we're going to see them climb quite quickly up the ladder, playing against the uh, the lesser lights. Um, they got favourable draw overall this year, the Rabbitohs, um, and uh, I don't think they're going to lose too many games over the next five or six weeks. Um, it's a pretty soft portion of the draw for them, uh, and I think even without Latrell, and it's probably if you're going to have Latrell out for eight weeks. Mm. Um, I think they can still manage to beat most of the teams they'll come up against. Yep. Um, but I can't see them winning against the, the top sides with, with Latrell not there. They're really going to need him uh, when they come up against the better teams. Dragons started the year with great promise. Um, they, they, the Charity Shield, they were, they were very good against the Rabbitohs. They won game one. I can't remember who it was against. But the bottom line is they've won... Uh, I think it's one out of their last 13 NRL games and they're on the slide and they continue to have this policy of uh, leaving Tyrell Sloan and, and Tolitao um Well, Emone's on the bench, but Sloan is uh, he's not there. And if uh, Well, Moses Embai, I think, scored a try last week. If Tyrell Sloan's not a better option, at fullback for this team than than, um, Moses and Mai, then I really, I don't think I've ever watched the game of Rugby League. You'll eat your Um, hat. Well, my hats are important to me. (laughs) Um, And I don't know they form part of the five food groups, so I won't eat my hat, but, um, yeah, look, Coach Griffin, Coach Griffin, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, And it's funny, you know, there was a lot of, people in the media coming out of the first few weeks saying you know dragons they're going to make the eight you know they've got this great balance of ah,
0: yeah.
1: your know, youth and experience and they really did push the panthers in round two and, and and almost won that game um but it's been downhill since then and uh and now we're hearing about you know their their policy of, of recruiting and how it's uh, basically no good um, it's amazing what a week or at least two weeks does in the NRL. Um, I didn't think the Dragons were going to have a good year. Um,
0: we were talking about them as spoon contenders. We did, and then, and then they had they had a decent showing in the charity shield, yeah. which they obviously won, which is a trial, yeah. and then they beat the Warriors in round one, and everyone's saying, "Oh, maybe they're a top eighteen. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone went a bit got to be excited after well, that.
1: The reality was they were playing good rugby league, but mm. they're not now. No. Um, they're not now, and uh,
0: admittedly, they've come up against Cronulla, who's in great form. Yep, Power in great form. Yeah, Rabbitohs. They've they've had some tough tough games.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll, um later on, we'll we'll look at the changes that have been made, but they're not the changes that many are calling on. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think the Dragons uh, I don't, I think it's gonna be another lean another lean year, unfortunately. Yeah. Rabidol's yeah. look good. Lachlan Ilias, he's um he's really starting to show his yeah. quality in the last few weeks. He was very good against the Panthers the week before and uh you know, I, I don't think he got any Dalian points last week as well, but he should have. Okay. Yeah. Ilias has been really good.
0: He's definitely been the form half for, for South Sydney. Yeah. Um if uh people weren't aware and you said which one of these uh halves is brand walker. new he's struggling cody he's really struggling that's going to be the um the issue for south <clears> going forward i think getting uh cody walker yeah um yeah but i think he had the most try assists last year and he hasn't got one yet from a five rounds yeah. in
1: no so Yeah. i was just about to say that uh i heard that he in, you know after five rounds no try Assists for cody walker i mean he's right down on form and uh for South to be any sort of a threat this year, he's got to turn that around. He's good enough to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just don't know what's going on. Is it the fact that Reynolds is not there? I don't know. Um, but he's he's just not in any sort of form at the moment, uh, uh, Cody Walker. And he's, he's one of the most dangerous players in the NRL when he's on, if not the most dangerous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last game on Saturday, uh, Parramatta Eels continuing their good form, uh, Parramatta now, uh, four wins, one loss, they defeated the Gold Coast Titans, uh, 26 points to 20, yet again we're seeing a game here, Griffo, with the Titans where they score a lot of points, but still, uh, still lose, we, we sort of said this might be the way the Titans go about things, uh this year but um I suppose for Titans fans really it was one of those one of those games where they just gave Parramatta too much of a lead then they decided to score all their points and and you know and try to get back into it so it's um yeah it's one of those ones where where you can't really give up those leads if you're gonna gonna be a top eight side
1: look uh They've got the ability to make the top eight and they were in the top eight last year. I, I had them in my eight at the start of the season. I think they can get there, but they've got to get consistency into their game. Uh, it, it's an 80 minute game and these guys, they're only on for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes per game. Um, Talent-wise, they're a top eight side. Um, they did come up against a team that is, has been in, in scintillating form over the last few weeks, the Parramatta Eels. I really uh, think Parramatta are a big chance of, of taking a title this year, um, more so probably than I've thought, you know, over, over the last few years when they've always been up there. But yeah, they're just playing a, a really good brand of football Um Their forwards, particularly RCG and and Junior Polo, they're just both powerhouses. And everything feeds off the back of those two guys going forward. Brown, that's a Brown of the uh, Dylan variety and and Mitch Moses. Um, In white-hot form, uh, ball in hand. Uh, They're a dangerous team. Um, but again even as good as they've been um they are leaking points um so that's i guess the concern for, for eels fans but ball in hand they they're just great to watch and um yeah i i really i really uh, think that this could be their year um i'm not going to say they're going to win the comp but I think this they is can. the best chance they've had. Yeah. Or oh, they can do it. There's yeah, no doubt. That's that's the best way uh, to put it. They
0: can. Yeah. They definitely can. Yeah. And, and and Clint Gutherson too, the form he's in. He just seems to be in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, I mean I remember late in the game, the Titans you know, running a play chip and chase, like he's there to make the tackle. He's he's he I think their their spine is really good at the moment. The key players in key positions. I, I just, I, th- I think you're right, and I think a lot of people talked in the off season, Griffo, about Parramatta's premiership window closing at the end of this year.
1: It does, I think.
0: Uh, I, yeah, uh, and I agree, and I think I even mentioned it in one of our, our previews, saying that um, that it does close. I think that they may be aware, aware of that, and they're going the next year to to try and make it happen this year. Yeah, uh,
1: they're, they're they're as good a chance as anyone.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, another team that's gone up another gear and is, is really showing their um the credentials as a premiership chance: it's the Cronulla Sharks, uh, thirty points to four against the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers, their woes continue. Um, there's a, a lot of trouble in Tigerland. Uh, this one was one-way traffic. This was just basically uh, shark, shark, sharks, and they're continuing uh, their great form. They're another team which. Um, You know, they've got key players in key positions playing really well. And we've we've talked about the additions to their team, uh, specifically Nico Hines and um, Dale Finucane. Some players in some great form um, over at the Sharks.
1: Yeah, they're they're going really well. Um, I certainly had them in my eight. I didn't really see them as as top four material, but I might have to reconsider on that one because... um, they're doing it easy, really. I mean, yes, they played the West Tigers. They're actually – they didn't – they were nowhere near their best, and they still won by 26 points. Um, lots of upsides for the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Um, their defense has improved with coach Craig Fitzgibbon coming to the club, and uh, their attack is pretty much on point at the moment. Uh, I, I questioned uh, Talakar playing in the centers, um, but he's doing geez, doing a lot of damage. Uh, I still think when Connor Tracy's fit, I, I would bring him into the centers um, just for the balance of the team. Hmm. Um, but, you know, you can't argue with success and success. Talakai is as hard a player to tackle as, as pretty much there is. In he runs a good line, doesn't he? He does. Um, I just think mm. the there side's better balance when Connor traces yeah. when he comes back. But yeah. you know, Talakai he's got to be in there somewhere. So uh, he, he's uh, he's damaging. Tigers they tried. Um, it's not that they don't try. There there were a few occasions where some players i thought were really disappointing um and some of those guys have been dropped this week um we'll talk more about that later but yeah they they went (coughs) they went for a long time without scoring a try or a point i think they got beat to nil last week and it was looking like a repeat until uh one of their five captains got an intercept right on full time um which was, uh, Sharks would have been disappointed because uh, that would have been the second week in a row they kept, would have kept the team to zero after they did it to the Knights the week before. Um, but yeah, the Tigers have just got, they've got no bullets to fire really. Um, they lost their claws off their, off their. Um, just looking at their emblem there. And I uh, think they should put him back on because they've really got their no, no claws out in the field. Um, no.
0: Nah. I'll tell you what, the teeth the teeth will pull off the emblem next. they will the be the teeth, toothless Tigers. Yeah. Um, uh, and I know we'll talk just... about the team this week, but yeah, they're just,
1: <coughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to lay the boot in because the majority of them are trying. They just don't have the talent. Yeah. Um, they don't have the talent. That's the bottom line.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's beyond just the blokes on the field. Um, really, they're, they're the worst squad in the in the league, and um, there are a number of factors that are that are influencing that. So, well um, for Tigers fans. We hope that. Uh, well, we hope that there are better days around the corner. Surely they can't get uh, can't get any worse. Um, I'm filthy
1: um, that Penrith only get to play them once this year.
0: <laughs> no, it's not much. Like, it's not much good for the and against. No. Oh geez, it's always as good as a buy sometimes, but anyway, um, look—you never know. There could be, um, you know, a turn around the corner. crazier things have happened, and um, look, everyone's everyone's sitting there listening, you know, knowing that in the past other clubs have gone through this period, and um, unfortunately for the Tigers, it's uh, it's them this season by the looks of it. Uh, well, I was gonna they've, say, they've going to say, team going through. Years. Really I mean,
1: good. They haven't. It's over a decade since they made the finals. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing. It's not just this year. It's been ongoing. And I, But, yeah, not to get in a big Tigers talk, but just to wrap it up, really. It's not as though, you know, we, we follow it pretty closely. I can't see them getting out of this hole for years. Someone's got they're to change drastically. To... <clears throat>
1: they've, got, they've got two high-quality players coming in next year, Isaiah Popoliti and Apisai uh, um They're two, you know... Corey sells one of the best hookers in the game,
0: mm. and,
1: and Papali is one of the best back rows in the game. So the the quality of their playing roster will improve. In saying that, the guy who was outstanding, I thought last week for him, um, Kelma, the second rower, Tuolangi, is it? Or I, I might have got his name wrong, but he was out. The week before but he was he was really good last week but he's going to the sea eagles next year the uh, back rower yep to to longy or uh, we'll, we'll get to his name later when we look yeah, at the team just, long-y. i
0: thought long-y. he was
1: really really good last week in a team that was badly beaten um, yep. both in defense where he put on about three big hits and he gets forward um but they're losing him which is unfortunate for the Tigers.
0: Mm, yeah, so yeah, and, and it's going to be one of those things. It's going to be hard to keep players, uh, especially you know when they're when they're down and you know, obviously the two players coming in next year are going to take up big parts of the cap. And um, look, speaking of teams that are, are making signings to ensure their future, and two big signings, Penrith Panthers today. Um, two big signatures, both of them Cleary. Uh, five years, I think it is. Griffo, they've extended the coach and the superstar halfback. Uh, yeah. It's a winning combination. It was a winning combination again on the weekend, 32 points to 12 at Parramatta against the Bulldogs. Um, you'd be more than a static, I'd imagine, with a five from five uh, start to the season. Yeah,
1: oh, absolutely. Um, to particularly, beat, you know, one of those guys you mentioned wasn't there for the first three rounds. Yeah. And they kept winning. Um, they haven't had the most difficult of draws, it must be said. I mean, well, Manly in, in round one with no Cleary, I, I actually thought Penrith would lose that game. I tipped him because, I, you know, Panthers support him. But a lot of neutrals were going Manly that week. Um, Penrith were, were outstanding. They were also very, very good against the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Um, they're a team, the Panthers, whose best games are played against the best teams. Yeah. Um, they won by twenty points against the Bulldogs. Didn't get out of second gear really. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen them win by more because uh, they they bombed. They bombed some tries. They left some points out there. Particularly, poor old Charlie Staines had the line wide open. Just dropped the ball. That should have been a try. Yeah. Um, There's a couple of others where Tego just is put a foot out and. Right at the end, uh, Kikau couldn't ground the ball correctly. So uh, they're creating the chances. Bulldogs, they tried hard, but uh, they dropped too much ball, the Bulldogs. And um, they let in some soft tries. Like when Mitch Kenny, who's never scored a try before, is able to power over, then you might have a little bit of a
0: problem in defense, I would think. I'll tell, um, you, I'll tell you something, Griffo. Though just 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 on the Panthers there, you mentioned <laughs> Isaac Tago. I didn't want to let too much grass grow under my feet before I mentioned this. Isaac Tago and Taylor May—they're the, they're the new kids on the block here. They're not—they're not players that that featured last year in the um, in the Premiership-winning side. This shows what they're doing out at Penrith is working. You've got these two young blokes. I think those two have been absolutely phenomenal for them.
1: Well, you're hundred percent right, Graham. it
0: it doesn't matter who they bring in they've got such a good system at the moment and they're enjoying their footy they're young and enthusiastic and they just want to go out there and and do a great job it's great signs at Penrith
1: um two very very good attacking players Tego and, and May um played together for you know a few years form a good combination they just find the line um Taylor May, I think he's only played two or three games and he's right up with the top try scorers in the NRL. Tago was scored a number of tries as well and had several disallowed. So, um, that's uh, that left edge, very, very dangerous, completely different left edge to, to what was running around last year, just as successful. Um, I think when Brian Toto comes back, I, I'd be surprised if, um, if if Taylor May doesn't hold his spot. Um, whether they move Toto over to the right-hand side, outside Stevie Crichton um, remains to be seen. I mean, Staines has been really good, but I think that drop ball last week when he had his opportunity, mm. um, yeah, I'd be surprised if he can hold on to his spot. Even though he's, he's he's having a better season than what he did last year. Um,
0: but if you simplify Dylan it Edwards, and say who are the two best wingers on form, you'd have to say May and then Toto. No, absolutely, yeah.
1: Toto's you know yeah. his origin quality. Yeah, Dylan Edwards has just been outstanding. It It's
0: I, I just I, can't get <coughs> over. I know I know I say this all the time, and I say this to everyone, Dylan Edwards, if you were to watch, you know, highlights here and there and they show these highlight reels. I don't know if there's a YouTube channel that has the Dylan Edwards highlight reel or... People just tend to to not see what he does. And then if you watch the game really closely, it's just the little one percenters that he does. He breaks the advantage line. He makes meters. His kick returns. He cleans... He just... He's just... He's not the flashy player that's, you know, gonna do a chip and chase or a you know, dance through the whole team. But he's a really effective fullback. I, I just think he's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, he has been. Um He's a guy who is he's, he's not the most gifted, like natural naturally gifted player, but he mm. works so hard. Yeah. And um, he's he's I was going to say he's probably been the Panthers' best player this year, but then Isaiah Yo, he has got 12 Dalien points mm. already. So, um, but yeah, he's quality. Dylan Edwards, um, Bulldogs—I didn't think you know their performance was that bad. I think their biggest problem was was controlling the ball. I thought Flanagan um, proved that he's the guy. Uh, yeah. that should be wearing the number seven so much talk about his position in the side and i think it was Braith that i don't i've stopped watching 360 um, i'm actually not really watching any programs uh now uh, um but i do listen to a lot of obviously I listen to carpool rugby league, the number one podcast for the NRL, <laughs> but I do listen to a lot of uh, podcasts and, and, and radio um, coverage of, of the game rather than watching it on, on TV, watch it TV for the, yeah. to watch the games basically. But there was so much talk about Carl Flanagan and how he was being treated terribly I think it was Anasta who, you know, I, I saw quotes and whatnot. He was saying he's, he's been thrown to the wolves and this sort of thing. Well, I've not heard how, how much that's just an absolute load of garbage. I mean, this is a professional athlete. Mm. His job is to play rugby league. He gets paid well to do it. And if you ask Carl Flanagan, do you want to play reserve grade or do you want to play in the nrl he ain't going to be saying i want to play in reserve grade
0: it was just he wants to be a first grade halfback which isn't an easy job and it comes with pressure
1: but uh... (coughs) no i mean i just thought it was crazy like but good good on him i mean i thought he did he played really well uh quite possibly he was the bulldogs best last week um so he's the sort of guy that you probably want inside matt burton they complement each other's games better
0: um duffy's struggling a bit though isn't he oh he was awful there's a lot of talk this week that um that that he may be looking for a new club next year he's only on he's only got this year at the dogs and that's uh, right dogs aren't impressed with him and he he'll he'll need to turn his form around because um, yeah, a he, he was not good.
1: Um, this is a team that has salary cap issues.
0: Can't win again. With,
1: with some big signings coming <laughs> in next year, <laughs> Kikau and, and yeah. money yeah. Um, as well as you know the, the overs that they've paid for to get guys like Adelkar and um, I think also. So they've got um, the Englishman coming from Canberra, um, the one whose wife, Ryan Sutton, yeah. The wife was critical of Ricky Stewart when, it, when Sutton was, was not selected. Um, so they got guys coming in. they got guys like uh, Luke Thompson on huge money. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, well, I can't see a, a world where Matt Dufty fits into 2023 Bulldogs. Paul Vaughan also um, is on a one-year contract. Uh, they're going to be needing to offload players, so I mean that's that's an issue for the Bulldogs. I really find that uh, I can't see them getting out of the bottom four this year. It's um, it's a better roster than last year, but performance-wise, they're not all that much different to be to be honest.
0: Nah, it's. It's it's already starting to, to really shape up the ladder if you if you ask me, Griffo. And if we we go through it. This is pretty much the first time this year we've gone through the ladder because uh, in the early rounds it is it is a bit tough to, to, to see where everything's shuffling out. And even some people say it's you you won't get a, a true indication until about, you know, round eight to ten. But Looking at the ladder now, uh, we've got the Panthers out in front, as we said, they're 5-5 on 10 points. Uh, Just behind them, we've got the Sharks, Storm and Eels rounding out the top four. They're all on uh, eight points with four wins and one loss. Uh, Then you've got the Roosters, Seagulls and Warriors with three wins, they're on six points. And rounding out the top eight are the Cowboys on um, four points. Uh, In all fairness... The Rabbitohs, Titans, Knights, Broncos and Raiders are also on four points, taking us down to 13th. Then in 14th and 15th on two points, we've got the Dragons and Bulldogs with the Tigers still winless. I'm looking at this top eight at the moment, Griffo. I can't see the top six teams as they stand now. Now, I'm not saying they're going to finish in this order. I can't see those top (coughs) six teams falling out of the eight. With uh, the run that the uh, rabidoes have, I'd imagine yeah. they jump into the eight. I'm 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 looking at this top eight now. If we if we take into account the rabidoes' draw, as you said, it's fairly soft, especially over the next couple of months. At round five, we're almost saying, "Look, there's there's, there's one spot left in the eight, Really, that's that's how it feels at the moment. Um, even though it is so tight, it's I don't know. It's a long way to go, and we're we're, we're carrying our chickens before they hatch. But it is really starting to take shape.
1: Yeah. Lock in the top six. Um lock in the Rabbitohs. There's seven of the top eight. And there's there's one spot up for grabs really. Oh mm. uh, I, I I'm gonna stick with the Titans. Um yep. I just think the talent is there. They can get consistency. Um they, they've got probably the best squad. I think the Raiders have got a pretty handy squad too, but um, I just think probably they're the best of the rest. Um, And I've got no doubt that the Rabbitohs will start to move up the ladder. They'll still see themselves as a top four side, the Rabbitohs. Um, I don't know if they'll make the top four, but I'm... Unless, uh, you know, they get another four or five injuries to keep players. I can't see a world where they don't make the top eight. Um, Yeah, there's seven locked in, and there's one spot up for grabs in my my thoughts.
0: Hmm. And the Titans still have a couple of tough games (coughs) to to come. We know they play Manly this week. Um, We'll get a good indication as to what they can do against... Some of the uh the teams that were not expecting to make the eight when they play the Cowboys the week after, but then they back that up with games against the Panthers and Roosters. Tough months for the Titans there. Um, it's it's really starting to to turn the screws and put a bit of pressure on them. So that's a bit of a watch this space in regard to the um, in regards to the top top eight, and um, it's starting to take shape. So. Look, you know you're getting into the season when you're starting to talk about the ladder. There's plenty of exciting things to talk about. And um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what you'd love to talk about from last week, Griffo, for, uh, for Griffo's, grab. Griffo's Grab. What caught your eye this week, mate?
1: Okay. A um, lot well, of things grabbed my eye as usual, but the one that stood out the most as sort of an isolated uh incident I guess is uh is Mr David Fifita. Um his try um against uh a team uh, in the Parramatta Eels um was a try that really no one else can score. Out of dummy off I think it was probably thirty to forty meters out, just went for a scoot, just Goes over the top of guys. He's got the pace to keep going. Uh, He beat several guys there, and I think might have been Gutherson who nearly uh, forced him out. But the replay showed he was able to keep in the field and and score a try that only he can score. Um, he's that sort of player. His highlights reel would be better. It would be better than anyone in the NRL. Um, The problem, of course, for for, for Fita and and for his team, the Titans, is that just doesn't happen often enough. Um, Mm. They just can't seem to utilize his immense talents. Um, Like I said, more than anything else out of the round, that's what caught my eye. But they still lost. Um, is he worth 1.2 million? Well, he's worth whatever someone wants to pay him. Is the performance 1.2 million? No way, no way at all. Um, because it's just not that consistency there. Um, if he can become more consistent, he is worth every one of those $1.2 million. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of an enigma, really. He can do what no one else can do, but it's the other 79 minutes of the game where we've got to see more. If the Titans are going to make the eight, he um, he has to be front and center in them actually winning games, not just scoring the odd try here or there. That um, you know that no one else can do, but but he's yeah. he's an amazing talent, um, a combination of of power, speed and footwork. That gee, he's just uh, uh, no one else can do what he can do. Uh, Stags I mentioned earlier, he's similar, he's similar, um, but Fafita's bigger than Stags and. He's just a wrecking ball. Um, I don't want to see him do it for the Maroons, I do want to <laughs> see him no, do it for, for the Kangaroos um, with the World Cup at the end of the year. Imagine him in a team where he's getting good quality uh, um, ball,
0: yeah.
1: From you know, like he's got Nathan's put Nathan Cleary inside him,
0: uh, put him just at
1: imagine the, what he can do, put him at the like,
0: Panthers, put him at,
1: at <coughs> please, storm. storm
0: like <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> imagine him at a club like the panthers the storm where like oh just yeah when you you'd you'd be you imagine a defense where you've got these placement and i think that's that's one of those things too where he um he's a phenomenal player and when you're defending you don't hang off him and a, a lot of it, it you know, the attention goes to him and you see defenses move towards him and um I, I don't think the, um, the opposition teams are as scared of the outside backs that are moving around him and the other options to, you know, to give him a bit of space, but yeah, I mean, like, like, like you said, it, you know, imagine if, uh, you know, you had some other players around him and just how, how tough he would, he would be if the defenders had to make a few extra decisions and, uh, yep. you know, if the ball he was getting was top notch quality and so on and so forth, um. We talk about him all the time. I mean, if do you reckon he's he'd be up there for getting I reckon he'd close to getting the most Griffo grabs in uh carpool history. He probably has. I reckon I reckon I reckon you pick him out a lot and, and fairly so, Griffo.
1: Lion Dutchman up there as well.
0: Yeah, Papen, um, Pappenhausen, he's, he's But there. I think there. probably
1: Fifita. Yeah. Um I mean we don't keep a tally, but huh. uh I mean it's just an should... amazing amazing talent, like
0: Yeah. It's it's just so good to watch, and that's just, and that's that's what's great too. You know, even even if the Titans aren't doing well, um, I'll, I'll make sure I don't miss the Titans game because I want to see what Fafita does. He's that type yeah. of player?
1: Well, um, that's why they bought him. Uh, and and like if they didn't buy Fafita. And he's created a huge amount of publicity for the team. He's probably helped get more sponsorship, bums on seats, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. So
0: he's created revenue guess, for sure.
1: I, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. So if he can just get that consistency, um, yep. then that, that team, uh, they're a definite top eight side and, and they're going to threaten good sides. But I think. There's so much about the Titans that is similar to to Fifita in the sense that they're they're hot and cold within the same game. Um, You know, they can put four tries on and lose the game. Yeah. Uh, Like they did the other week against the Raiders. They were down by a a huge score against Para and come back and and, and were, were a chance of winning. Just got to get consistency. Um, And I guess that's a frustrating thing for their coach. Um, But they've got the team there to be able to do it. They made the eight last year. If they don't make the eight, this year is a failure.
0: Yeah. And I think the challenging thing for them will be. (laughs) that I I think you're going to have to have more wins than losses this year to make the top eight. Absolutely. Because looking at the teams that are already in the top eight, there's some some real contenders and some real form teams there. And even if we look at teams like, um, say, South Sydney, where we're predicting possibly this year could very well be a team that could come, say, in seventh or whatever, they're definitely going to win more than half of their games. And yeah. you know your other teams around that 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 area, your your, your um your Bandleys, the Roosters are you know they're going to struggle to get into the top four this year. There's a lot of fight there. Uh, having Cronulla in there in form has uh, has thrown another team in there. So you you could very well see the the Titans win just as many games as they did last year, but not make the finals. So for them, as you said, Griffo, success will actually mean. Um, winning a few more games this year to get into the finals because it's going to be harder this year. So if any man's going to try and, you know, do it for him and uh, spring him into action and give him a bit of a pep in their step, it will be for feeder. So it's a bit of a watch this space for the Titans and as we said, they've got a tough run over the next month, so he's going to have to be in uh good form. All right. Well, speaking of doing it uh tough, we've got a few uh, few things to talk about this week for Graham's gaff. I've got a really big one and a few honourable mentions. Alright, so this week, um, the real obvious gaff, I'm not going to talk about it for too long because, um, uh, you know, obviously, it's something I want to bring up and and make sure that uh, people are aware that this was the uh, the ultimate gaff of the weekend. Um, Marcelo Montoya gets Graham's gaff for this week for the um, the slur that was made on the field the other night uh, during the Warriors game against the Cowboys. Uh, for obvious reasons, I won't I won't repeat what was said. He's I think been...
1: he forgot his brain, Graham
0: that this is probably... You know how we've talked about brain snaps recently and people yeah. physically hitting others and this, that and the other. This is the biggest brain snap I have seen on a football field in recent times. Um, this was disgusting. Has no part in our game. He's been given a four-week suspension. Um, <coughs> which, which I, I have no problem with this. I, I, I think that, you know, I, I they could have given him... You know, half a seed, what I couldn't I couldn't care. They could have got rid of him. I don't care if they had gotten rid of him. There is no room for any of this in our game. Um, this is something that Carpool Rugby League, we do not think should be a part of our game at all. And um, I was actually disappointed to hear people on social media and making comments saying, Oh, that this is the amount you know, that everyone's overreacting over this. Um no, we're not. This is this is disgusting, shouldn't happen. So um yeah, Marcelo Montoya he's getting the gaff and I think you'll agree, Griffo, that's it's it's just madness that this is happening.
1: Yeah. I think four weeks was fair enough. Yeah. Um Yeah
0: you
1: know, I, I, I would tend to think that you know, he was well, he, he's he's come out. So he made a mistake, um, and and everyone does. After you know, yeah. apologizing and all that, his choice of words were wrong. That's the bottom line. Um, yeah. Yes, he was he, yeah. was, he was he was upset that he thought felt was was laying down. Um, but he got the wrong word out.
0: Yes. You
1: know, if he calls him a dickhead or whatever. You know, yeah. There's nothing wrong. Right. You know, yeah,
0: know. Um, and it's more of a reflection that that word needs to be taken out of the vocabulary within society, I think, rather than anything to do with Marcelo Montoya you yeah. know, indicating I, anything I, about Carl Felt.
1: Yeah, I, and, yeah. I, and I don't think, you know, I'm sure that he, he didn't you know about a humbic slur, you know, in question Carl Felt, but I don't think that was the case at all. It was just his go-to word to, to basically you know and he got the wrong word Yeah. Um, he got the wrong word this is 2022 20, um i'm sure you know things like that happened a lot in the past but the we've learned from the past and we well okay we, we don't do that anymore yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah we, we both know it was we wrong. Know. Yeah. He knows it was wrong. And um, I, I think four weeks was, was yeah. very normal.
0: And I think he'd be happy to, to, to <laughs> cut the punishment and move on. Um, but another thing, he, I've got a couple of honourable mentions here. And it's something that, you know, I know that a lot of people... Well, there's
1: watching, some honourable uh, mentions, all right.
0: Watching the footy on the weekend would, uh, would say, oh, surely the boys are going to talk about this. Um, watching the Titans and... Uh, Paragame the other night uh, The lady that ran onto the field uh, I thought, oh jeez, haven't seen this in a while That, that, that made the news obviously Because um, oh, and the highlight reels Is probably one of the, the best technical tackles We've seen in the NRL this season It wasn't actually made by one of the players It was a security guard to take the lady down and then we had a bloke run onto the field in the Tigers game the other day with a um, with a flare. He was protesting. Um, few things here, Griffo. I mean, obviously, first of all, the, the the tackle on the lady at the uh the paragame has, has um has made the news, uh with, with some actually suggesting it was a bit uh, heavy handed. Um the Titans even even said there'd be a bit of an investigation into that, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know if the Tigers have been struggling to see what it. You know, I don't know if they're used to seeing these textbook tackles happen out on the field. Uh, surely, surely the objective is to keep everyone safe, isn't it?
1: Graham, I guess. Well, the go-to for TV stations now is that they don't actually. Show anyone invading the pitch. Hmm. Um, so I was watching uh, KO, which is the Fox feed. I'm not sure if it was a Channel 9 game or not. But I don't think it was. Nah, I don't think um, it was. It was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, so yeah, there's no 9 on Saturday. And all you saw was Mitch Moses and the referee like laughing. And, and and mitch moses put his arms in the air and i didn't realize well we didn't see it yeah. at the time um obviously through the benefit of uh of social media there were people at the ground who had filmed it on their cameras and we saw uh, the lady and it <coughs> um, was described by the commentators as as um not having all her clothes on um, uh she uh ran onto the field um took a top off um she still did have the uh the uh, brazier i believe it's called <laughs> um, of a black variety <laughs> um she evaded the first security guard uh, quite easily, actually. And then the other guy came in with an absolute belter of uh, of a tackle. And I don't understand why he was criticized and talked about investigation and all this. He actually did his, did his job, job
0: that he's paid to do. I'm sure now, that they're told tackle. someone comes on the field to tackle them it's a safety thing well of course it is
1: yeah um she was headed in the direction i believe of the referee and mitch moses uh and wasn't too far from them um (coughs) i can't understand why there were calls it's too heavy-handed it wasn't she'd already evaded someone who tried to grab her
0: Hmm. um while breaking else? the law, yeah, and and and, and
1: the compromising only,
0: the safety of the players.
1: If she was a he, they would not be saying, "Oh, it was too heavy-handed." It's just because mm. she is a she. Now, yeah. one of the big things in 2022 is equality, and if you're going to Enjoy? Well, I'm not. That's the wrong thing to say. I believe in equality. I believe in in treating people the same. Now, she's a pitch invader breaking the law. Who'd already evaded a guy who tried to grab her. Um, I'm a hundred percent behind the security guard for carrying out his job, yeah, correctly, and bringing her to the ground now she's come out and said she got what she deserved that the guy shouldn't lose his job she's not critical at all of that guy um and as silly as she was for doing what she did she's got the common sense to actually acknowledge that she was she did the wrong thing yeah she bears the consequences she wasn't complaining saying it's heavy and it so, what What makes anyone else say that? Yeah, well... What they needed was that guy at Shark Park, or whatever it's called these days. Uh... They needed him there. Because... And they, they were the E... The E-group security. And that was the worst publicity for that company that they could possibly have. They got a, like a whole heap of guys... Wearing an E on the green to say this is who we are, and we're
0: E. That's what grade we get for competence. A B C D E. The amount of time that bloke had standing right next (coughs) to the players. Now I know he just wanted to to make a scene. It was a was a protest, uh, running onto the field. If he genuinely wanted to cause harm. One of those individuals on the field, there, he had a long time to be able to do it. The players are basically standing there, grabbing him, pushing him off, going, "You know, someone come and do it." That 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 was not good. That that's what it I've got an, issue with.
1: It was it was E for embarrassment. Mm. Um, those security guys were incompetent, and who do you, who would you sack? Someone who can't do their job. Or someone who actually did their job properly and did, did well. Right. Uh, and the whole argument was just so ridiculous. Bizarre. Criticizing the guy who did his job well and those guys at Shark Park, the E for embarrassing. Um, The guy had a flair. Now, a flair is something that the, uh, the soccer people, the football people in Australia, and particularly, I believe, the Wanderers, have been, you know, bashed around because of, of that sort of stuff. This guy takes it on the field. Yeah. I mean, he apparently he's a professional dickhead. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Like he's a professional protester. He's actually serving now three months jail time
0: yeah, because got, he's he's, he's been pulled. out there um, holding. Up. I don't know what he's holding up traffic for. Most, Mostly, I think it was. I, I
1: don't know what it's in aid of. I don't know if he's protesting that Justin Pascoe, the West Tigers CEO, is on holidays. <laughs> he's got, maybe he's got um, the
0: shits at how crap the Tigers are playing. I, <laughs> That's it, why it was it orange. Could be, it could be. We've a had enough supporter. <laughs> he forgot his um, white flag. We, we we've had I, enough. I
1: don't know, uh, but what I do know is that that guy should have been bowled over. It's not a shortage of security guys there. How do they get but on the field? Saw, exactly. But there were two others, Graham. After that, look, the tick came out. Two yeah. other idiots, not connected to him. Um, they came on the field as well. This is a big problem. The um, security's not good enough. Safety has to be paramount yeah Uh, and i don't want us to go to a situation potentially as we see in other parts of the world where there is um the, the the ground is is enclosed behind sort of steel bars
0: um but you can't compromise safety Could you imagine, I know know you've watched a little bit more, you know, American football, (laughs) say, this year, Griffo, and I know it's not something you've watched a lot in the past, but could you imagine, uh, you know, the average punter at an NFL game running on the field and getting that close to someone like a Tom Brady? It it wouldn't happen. Look, in that country where a huge percentage of people are
1: carrying a weapon with them it's just potentially it's potentially fatal um not to say it couldn't happen here you know obviously some people do have weapons illegally but
0: mm. um the
1: guy was carrying a flare
0: that I mean, could have caused that could have caused exactly. injury too like you know he's waving it around he's not looking he whacked someone in the eye with that, it that
1: that should make him easier to catch if he's trying to <laughs> run around carrying a freaking flare
0: yeah what are the security gonna say where he is here i I am i didn't see him what the bloke in the bright red shirt with the flare if
1: you like you cannot possibly run as quickly if you're carrying something in one of your hands and a flare i would imagine is reasonably heavy um i I just saw that and i thought what is going on here this Mm. is crazy and it, it really reflected terribly bad on the on the club and I if I was running that club I would be having a serious word to the guys they had contracted to do a job yeah. and failed miserably yeah um I uh, just uh, you know it, it's a gaff. It, it, nothing like you know fortunately nothing happened but like there were some of the players, looked like they were ready to to go in. Uh, he's out there, sort of having a bit oh, yeah. of a giggle, and, and then the players certainly weren't impressed, neither should they be. Um, we've seen in the past, in you know, guys like uh, in, in the cricket, um, Roy Simmons, who, who took a guy out who came on the field, we saw uh,
0: <laughs> Andrew Simmons,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, a yeah, yeah, good okay. tackle it was he smashed him that um was. we saw before your time uh, Terry Alderman um try and take out uh, a uh, a pitch invader and he actually busted his shoulder he was out of the game for a couple of years so uh poor old Terry Alderman uh, obviously didn't have the skills um but this thing it can't happen it cannot happen um yeah it was a bit of a a bit of a giggle uh, earlier in the in the the day or the night before when we saw that the lady as it turned out i mean but it's it shouldn't have happened but they dealt with it and then the guy gets criticized Hmm. um it's wrong the guy he should be uh he should be employed by the Sharks. If, if the Gold Coast sacked yeah. that guy, to say, mate, come down here. Um, we've got a bit of an issue. We we can't find a security uh, group to, to actually do their job. We'll, we'll pay you. Uh, don't matter whether it's male female. Uh, just keep doing your job because yeah. the, the clowns that we had there, they they couldn't do a job.
0: And, uh, yeah, the few comments I've even seen out of that one this week are that they just don't have... Enough security um, around the perimeter of the uh, the field. So by the time you know, if you're the if you're the person running on the field, you're going to suss out where there's a bit of a gap. Like any good uh, football fan, you run you run between the uh, the defenders. So you know, oh, there's been talk maybe about adding more security around the perimeter, <coughs> and you know, if it if it costs more money, it costs more money. If it's going to keep people safe, then so be it.
1: I'd rather that than than they put up you know, steel mesh uh, yeah. at the
0: grounds. And you, you can't uh, tell me that... I, I, I know this might say... Everyone might say, oh, it's a coincidence. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and it's not a big limb, that the bloke that ran on the field on Sunday probably saw on Saturday and said, geez, that, that, was, that was bloody easy to get on the field. She's yep. getting some airtime. Yep. I want to protest more people. Look, Carpool Rugby League... Even though we had the word "carpal" in our name, we weren't talking about this bloke when he was stopping tra- traffic on major highways, we talked about him when he got on the field. So, yeah. um, he knew he'd be able to get a bit more publicity this way. And he he, 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 well, I, I
1: still don't know what he's trying to publicize, um, yeah. but he's in jail and that's where he belongs.
0: Yeah, anyway... Um, yeah so that's that's just something i think keep looking for it doesn't happen often but um mate it's like car insurance you know even though i, I don't plan on having a, a a car accident i still got to pay my insurance we've got to put measures into place to ensure that uh that everyone's safe so um yeah, oh, yeah.
1: You, you've been to the footy a lot graham and i've been yeah. to the footy a lot now i see you know i see these guys wearing you know their security gear and and I've thought in the past, I thought, what's that person actually going to do if something happens? Yeah, you know, like, that's right. you don't.
0: And half the time they're don't sitting have there to looking too, down. And...
1: Exactly. Uh, um, you don't have to be necessarily secure to get a security license. And um, anyway, uh, yes. I don't want this to become a thing, it hasn't been a thing. Nah, but, but um, yeah, as you say, there's no coincidence, No, because we haven't seen a pitch in beta for quite a while. Oh, a long time. Um, and then we see we see four in the space of two days. Um, as I said, after Mr. Flair came on, there are a couple of other idiots who, you know, they weren't protesting. They just thought, oh, well, I'll give this a go as well. All the security guys are over there. Here's my chance. Yeah. Um, and I just don't want that to become a thing. No. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't like disruption like that. Um,
0: it's a safety issue. Simple it as is. that for me. It it's is. a safety issue. It is. Anyway. Yeah. Look, we might as well talk about some footy and look to this week's games. All right. So, it's time to kick off the preview. All right, there's the whistle and the kickoff for this week's two-minute tip preview. Now, Griffo, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm making very close note here for one of our very, um, very astute listeners who's, uh, who's given us a bit of feedback and said that our, uh, our Hooters are too loud. So we're taking that on board this week. We're going to uh, tune down the, uh, the Hooters. And we are going to do the two-minute tip again this week. We're going to give that a give that a run, especially in our uh, COVID-affected states, um, just to just to keep everything nice and concise. Uh, but I have adjusted the volume for the uh, the uh, the hooter, so we'll we'll see how we go. Um, and the first game we're going to have a chat about this week, Griffo, is going to take place on Thursday night uh, at GIO Stadium in Canberra. Canberra going back to their uh, traditional home ground this week after a game out at Wagga last week. Um, they'll be taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, uh, for the Raiders, um, Xavier Savage has been added to the bench for his first game of the season for all is dropping out. Uh, Tomoko has been named despite copping a knee to the back against the Storm. Uh, Sebastian Chris is the 18th man. Could come in if uh, Tomko fails to to get through the week. Cohen Hess has been named to return for the Cowboys. Uh, Cotter is going to be welcomed back onto the bench. Um, Tanua Brown... Uh, he's also going to miss this game from what I'm hearing. I can't see him in the list there. So he's definitely going to be no, out there. That. Uh, that would be through the concussion protocols um, based Same on... Same with Griffin Neem. Yes, Neem. He's he's also not there this week. Uh, I think both of them are concussion, aren't they, Griffo? from what i can um yeah that's right that's from right. what i can recall so this is <laughs> yep. one of those games where if uh the cowboys are serious about being a top 8 contender um they've got to really uh <coughs> show up and um and show that they can get the job done against other contenders in um in in the Raiders this week
1: yes they do um yeah uh both of these sides have top eight aspirations. Um, Cowboys—they've surprised me a little this year. Uh, I, I tipped them for the spoon. I, I don't think they're going to get the spoon. Um, tough for these guys to go down to Canberra and and win. They've got the they've got the players to do it. Uh, I thought Scott Drinkwater was quite good last week in his uh, first game in the NRL this season, coming in for the Hummer. He certainly provided them with a bit more skill. Um, I just think that Canberra in Canberra will get the job done. Um, It's a pretty good side on paper. Uh, There's plenty of try scoring potential there both uh, in the back line and, and also you got guys in the forwards who who can uh, score a try and, and certainly create tries. So it's good to see Savage back. Um, he's uh, he's a guy who's got a great amount of speed, so he's going to add to their uh, attacking arsenal. Um I I think it'll be a good game, actually. I think they're Mm. they're fairly well matched. Um, Both sides have got players in there that can create and score tries. Uh, And uh, it's going to be a good battle in the forwards. Um, You've got the likes of Papali, Tarpini, Hariwira Nara um, up against um, Taumalolo, Jeremiah Nanai, um, and there it is, but it's for Raiders. Raiders for me,
0: yeah. I'm, um, I'm gonna take the Raiders in this one too. I, uh, am <laughs> similar with you. This is gonna be one I think that divides a lot of people, but I think being at home, that's gonna, um, gonna help the Raiders out. Big clash probably for me this week, Griffo. Um, Papali versus uh, Talmalolo, I should say. Um, Two players Indeed. for me to watch. Um, Tamalolo's—he—he uh, he was pretty good. Last, like I, I think he's—he's he's playing well, and I think when the Cowboys play well, you sort of notice him a bit more. Um, I think he ran for about two hundred meters last week. He had—he seemed to have yeah. the ball a lot. He's playing better, bigger meters, uh, bigger minutes. I mean, you remember back? Remember when he was—you know—playing, getting hooked, and you know, smaller minutes and all this sort of stuff. So, look, I think.
1: Breaking
0: yeah, well, that's right. That's that's the thing too. Like he's not injured. Three times. Three times. Yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, he's he's a bit careful with that. If uh, if he asks you for a high five, just be careful. Maybe just make sure that you you know you do it nice and soft. We don't want him hurting himself again. But um, yeah, look, I'm going to go the Raiders in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think just some of those players are starting to settle in a bit for me. Um, you know, Brad Schneider. I think he's uh he's settling into to his role a little bit better there at uh, at the Raiders and um, yeah they've just got a bit more bit more stability there so um, yeah I'll, I'll I'll go with the Raiders because I just don't know if the Cowboys have that longevity in them to be uh to be winning games back to back to back to back so on and so forth and uh, I think they've been trying really hard and not necessarily getting the job done so uh, I think they'll struggle this week against the Raiders and I'll tip Canberra. All right, so moving on to the second game of the weekend um, in what has become the traditional Good Friday afternoon clash between the Rabbitohs and the Bulldogs. Uh, this one's going to take place at 4pm on Good Friday. Uh, for South Sydney, uh, the only change... Oh, well, look, yeah, there's there's two changes, really. Um, I was going to say the only change is that Selle's coming into the uh, interchange bench... Uh, yeah, we've got to keep in mind the trial did play last week, albeit only fourteen minutes. Um, Blake Taff will play in fullback and continue that role for them. Uh, as you said before, Griffo, Kyle Flanagan's going to wear the number seven again. Uh, I think his form last week uh, has put him in that um, in that number seven jersey and shown that that's his um, that's his spot there. Another tough ask for the Bulldogs this week. Um, you know, a lot of people will be looking at their draw and saying, "Geez, that's a that's a tough ask." They've got back to back last year's uh, grand finalists. Um, for South Sydney, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts too. Um, I know it's only two minutes, but just um, your thoughts on uh, elaborate a bit more. We talked about Cody Walker and um, and uh, you know what what you think they might need from him to get the job done against the Bulldogs.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I think we're going to see Cody Walker register his first try assist uh, for the year, and I think he might get more than one. Um, The Bulldogs' backline, to me, uh, in defence, is a massive concern. Um, There are a few guys there who... uh, Naden and Braden Burns, who are good players, ball in hand. But I just think their defensive reads are poor. Um, Dufty, if if they do get through the line, you don't think Dufty's going to stop too many guys. um, Dufty had a shocker under the high ball last week, and I'm sure that that, uh, Cody Walker and Lachlan Ilias would have noticed that, and they'll be testing him out. I just don't see the Bulldogs any chance of winning this game. Um, I think we'll see, as I said, uh, the South Sydney backline click into gear. And uh, I think they're going to be quite a few tries out wide. Uh, The Bulldogs forwards, I thought they weren't too bad last week, actually. Um, Tried hard. I thought Panga was very good. A number of offloads uh he's certainly uh, he's certainly the guy who if uh, the bulldogs are going to succeed in this game uh, a lot of it's got to come from him uh, he'll certainly he's got plenty of aggression uh, it'll be a good clash uh in the other side there you've got jai arrow and kian uh, kalor matongi hmm. who don't lack aggression themselves um you've got Tom Burgess in there to toller up front. And you, I just think South Sydney uh, and, and I think they win by, a, by quite a few points.
0: Yeah, South, this is, as you said, that run where they're starting to come up against um, some of the teams at the lower end of the ladder. Uh, the The main concern for South, I think, over the, the past, well, you know, basically all season, uh, except for that Roosters game, has been their, um, their completions. They have had quite a few handling errors. Um, that's something they've really got to get out of their game because, I'll I'll be honest with you, they, you know, everyone's saying how well they went against the Dragons. Um, uh, I reckon the South of last year would have put fifty on the Dragons. South dropped a lot of ball. They um they didn't make the most of their chances. I think Damian Cook uh, has improved over the past couple of weeks. I think he had a bit of pressure on him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the last couple of weeks he has improved immensely. The next person to step up, as you say, Griffo, has been Cody Walker because I think Lachlan Elias has been doing a great job. Uh, this week um, we see Josh Mansour holding his spot on the wing. Um, Jackson Paulo has been playing um, reserve grade. So that's a, a tactical switch uh that's that's obviously something that i think the bulldogs might might have a look at uh, we know that we've talked about uh especially in defence josh mansor being a bit of a target but in attack for south sydney if the forwards go forward they'll i mean like cameron murray's been in amazing form as always the work he's done in attack and defence has been uh phenomenal the player we're actually starting to see really hit the highlight reel now that Cody Walker's involvement down the left isn't hasn't been as much. It's the combination we're now actually seeing on the right with um Lachlan Ilias and um and Campbell Graham. Yeah, Campbell Graham's, Graham's Graham.
1: been good. Yeah,
0: he's been in phenomenal form, and even Lachlan Ilias now you know going to both sides of the field. Uh, he threw a good short ball last week for uh, Tane Milne to score, but um. Yeah, Rabideau's in this one and uh, with a lot of confidence, I think, most yeah, punters.
1: a lot of holes in that Bulldogs' back line for, uh, for the Salts guys to uh, to find.
0: Yeah, and the, the the team that the Bulldogs went down to last week, the Penrith Panthers, um, they're back at Penrith this week at Blue Bet Stadium. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos are going to make the trip down for the uh, 8 o'clock game on Good Friday. Uh, for the Panthers, as you'd expect... Um, you know, no, no losses, no problem, no changes. Same 17 for, I think this is probably the third week in a row. They haven't changed the side, and why would you? They're, they're going great. Uh, for the Broncos, um, Payne Haas not considered following the NRL's decision to impose sanctions for his involvement in the incident last month with um, Albert Kelly. Um, so Corey Jensen's going to be in the front row. Candy joins the interchange bench. Um they're going to keep an eye on this week, Corey Oates and Adam Reynolds. So Adam Reynolds is a knee. And Corey Oates, a um, bit of a bizarre injury. I think he actually injured his ankle last week when he scored with a couple of minutes ago. He was celebrating the fact that the the Broncos might make a late run to win the game. Um, rolled over on his ankle. So they're going to keep an eye on that one. But um, look, Riffo, even if those blokes are fit... Um, i think they need all the help they can get to uh to defeat the panthers your your penrith side mate they've been in phenomenal form and um yeah they're 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 really flying high at the moment
1: well yeah thanks gary they are um but uh again they their best comes out for the top sides um I think Penrith win this game. I think they'll win by a bit, but I don't think it's going to be a a huge score that they'll rack up. Um, Yeah, I just think the loss of Payne Haas is is massive for the Broncos. Even if Payne Haas was there, I still think Penrith win. Um, Guy, I want to shout out from... uh, Last week was Matthew Eisenhuth. I thought he was uh, he was really good. He actually uh, got a try assist as well. Something Cody Walker's uh, still trying to find. <laughs> so um, that's give Eisenhuth a call. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, look, Cody. You know, this is what you do, mate. You know, just uh, you know we just go to the line and yeah, you, you pass the ball to someone who's running onto it. They score a try. But I um, even. Uh, I thought he made good ground he, he was solid defense he's, he's very good um so he, he was he was good last week i think he might have pulled a couple of dalian points um i look forward to uh seeing uh Tego and Taylor may again this week yeah um in attack i still want to see the the more they play hopefully the better um that side is in defense because they have leaked a few tries. Obviously they've scored a lot more than they've leaked, but um there were there's been a few um defensive errors there. I'm not sure I think Stevie Crichton might have the job on stags this week. Um and uh, if he can uh, if he can prove himself and get over the top of Katoni, um you'd think he'd be the front runner should latrell not be a fit for origin no. mm. but yeah i just i think penrith get the job done here
0: yeah, yeah. It, as i know you've done your 2 minutes here i'll just i'm just curious here because i know you watch penrith very closely <coughs> and it's it's um it's something you've mentioned a couple of times so i'm just i'm going to break the rules here and just ask you an extra question you've mentioned that penrith lift for the big teams Yep. Do, is it fair to say then that you, you find that if Penrith's going to have an off night, there is a possibility that you could expect it more so against a the team they're expected to win against? Is that is that sometimes a bit of a concern to say, oh, we know they lift for the, the Rabbitohs, the Storm and all that sort of stuff. Um, is, is is that one of those things where in the back of your mind you think, oh, geez, I hope they I hope they lift because maybe it will be a, a team you don't expect that, that breaks that, that record out at Penrith? Well,
1: it's... It's possible. Um, It's saying that they've had a lot of trouble with the Broncos over the last few years. Even though the Mm. Broncos have had horrible seasons, every game when Penrith had played the Broncos has been tight. And um, Mm. Whereas other teams were were putting the Broncos to the sword, um, Penrith just haven't been able to do that for whatever reason. I'm not quite sure, but... The Broncos have, have, have brought their best game uh, or their best form out against the Panthers. Um, you know they've got Kurt Capewell who who knows obviously everything about the Penrith system. Uh, yeah, coming up against his old club. Um,
0: First The Broncos moment.
1: on paper, even without yeah, even without Payne Haas, it's still not a bad look inside. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I just don't think they can get the job done against Penrith unless Penrith, uh, you know, go down to twelve players for an extended period. Or uh, it's hard to imagine the Broncos getting up here.
0: Yeah, and and, and I was gonna say too that like you've got the first time Capewell's playing against his former club. It's also. Um... <coughs> First time since the grand final that Adam Reynolds is going to come up against the Penrith Panthers. So there's plenty to watch for this game. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't think. Oh, absolutely. I don't think having a you know a big lunch watching the the Bulldogs game and having a snooze on Good Friday in an early night's the way to go. The if if anything, Penrith bring out the best in other teams. Teams want to come and they want to knock off the Premiers. Um, you, you, I don't know if you'd be able to tell me off the top of, the head, off the top of your head the last time Penrith won, uh, lost at home. I am feeling. I think as it's 18,
1: gonna... 18 in a row. Yeah, at, I feel like
0: we're going to go back to 2019. Penrith. Is that right?
1: It would it that be, far? Yeah. It's,
0: it's, yeah. It's, it's It's absolutely phenomenal the record they have at home. And look, obviously, they don't lose many games. They haven't lost many games over the past um, couple of years. So... It's really one to 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 keep an eye on there, and teams are going to have to lift for that. Uh, a few interesting things in regards to um to stats, the Broncos they're going to have to to hold the ball. Um, players like Selwyn and Cobo, I think Cobo is actually number one on the list for the most errors in the NRL. Uh, I know often it might be on the end of a pass when he's going for a try, but Katoni Stags. I think is third on the list. So um, the outside backs of the Broncos, especially if they've got a bit of pressure from the defence, which Penrith will provide a lot of pressure, they'll be under pressure um, to, to force those errors. Uh, another interesting stat on the Penrith side, Griffo. This was one that um, was interesting for me to see. Isaac Tago has conceded more penalties than any other player so far this season. So it um, be interesting okay. to see if... Uh, the Broncos somehow try to um, you know, make something of that. I've just been talking stats and this and that and the other because I think Penrith's going to win and win comfortably. I think that they're phenomenal. I've said that a million times this podcast and over the past week. So, uh, yeah, Penrith for me. Uh, moving on to Saturday's games. The Manly Seagulls, they're back at Brookvale taking on the Gold Coast Titans. This game will kick off at 5.30 p.m., uh, in regards to team news, Cooler um, returns from a calf injury at centre. He's going to take Morgan <coughs> Harper's place. Uh, that's the only change I can see from last week. Uh, for the Titans, um, Brian Kelly back in the centres. That would push semi onto the uh, wing and that would mean there's no room left in the side for Corey Thompson with Mars on the other wing. So um, we're also seeing... Uh, hear that Lasoni is um, on the Interchange bench this week, which means that Kevin Proctor is uh, down in number 19 on the uh, reserves list. And from what we're hearing, uh, there's still um, a couple of weeks to go for Jaden Campbell, meaning that Jermaine Sako is holding that number one spot, which he has had since uh, joining the club a few weeks ago. Um We've we've talked a bit, Griffo, about the uh, the woes at the Titans, and um, for me, it just feels like Manly's building. I mentioned that earlier, but they just feel like they're they're, they're building, even though they're not turbocharged at the moment.
1: Yeah, um, good signs for Manly when you you can uh, not have Tommy Turbo and, and uh, beat the Newcastle Knights by thirty points to six. Um, they've they've got to adapt their game. To not have to rely so much on Tommy, um, and and I think it's so it's, it's probably not a bad thing for him to uh, to come up against you know sides that are not of the highest quality, and um, and still be able to pick up points um, because there's no way that they can beat the top sides without Tommy. Um, they've not been able to beat the top sides, even with Tommy. So um, it's yeah, all about building point. up points. Uh, I do think they'll get the coast uh, this week. Uh, I just think, as I talked about earlier in the podcast, the inconsistency of the Gold Coast Titans. If they're going to win this game, and they have every chance to win it, they've got the talent, but they must play for 80 minutes Um, you've got the young halves of of Sexton and and A.J. Brimson up against the very experienced Foran and Cherry Evans. And I I just think, you know, while Sexton is a good player, um, I don't think he's been at the top of his game so far this year. Uh, I I think he's certainly, you know, he's he's developing and he will become a a really good player. But I just think... uh, I think DCE might have the better of, of Toby Sexton. Mm. DCE has been in really good form with his kicking game. It's been amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, the week before last where he he probably produced the, one of the best kicking performances of all time. He, he kicked a twenty forty and a forty twenty 20 in the same game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I just think at home uh, I'll be tipping Manly. But if the Gold Coast do play consistently, they are every chance of winning the game.
0: Yeah, I'll start my two minutes by by continuing on the conversation that you were just having then about Daily Terry Evans' kicking game. Um, <coughs> like, I, I think you'll agree with me, Griffo. It's just been phenomenal, and I think that's been the turn for Manly from the first couple of weeks. Um, just, just that consistency in that kicking game, and it is something that, um, that a lot of clubs really struggle with, with their halves. I think, uh, yeah, just, just the fact that he can, if they need a big play, um, you know, as you said, the 40-20s, the 20-40s, he kicked the other week. But even just at the end of the set, the confidence he's in with his kicking game at the moment, if they're close, there's a good attacking kick. There's repeat sets. If they're in their own half, he'll kick to a corner to get them out of trouble. And um, I think that's been a massive feature as their, um, their run over the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, and I'm not a big player.
1: fan. I'm not a huge fan of DCE. Um, but I've got to pay credit where it's due. He's it's yeah. been, been phenomenal.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I, I'm, I'm a bit the same with you. Like, you know, obviously, you know, I I think he's a great player. Um, but, but you know, he's, you know, I mean, he's not, say, a Nathan Cleary level. Like, he's not someone that's just blowing... Blowing us away with his um with his play in all aspects of the game, but his kicking game I think is something that really needs to be highlighted. Um, you mentioned David Fafita before the the challenge that he's um, he's bringing the defence, especially with that try. I mean, last week no one would have stopped that. Uh, from what I can see this week, I think Andrew Davies the bloke that's going to um, mark up on him and yeah. Uh, He's, um... Oh,
1: wouldn't it be nice to see him go up against Ola Kawatu? That yeah. what, a, what
0: a clash that would be. <laughs> wow. Gonna, uh, yeah, that would be a big clash. But I was going to say with Andrew Davey, he's, he's one of those blokes we haven't talked about much on the um, on the podcast. Um, debuted late in his career. He's only played a half a dozen games. He'll have his um, work cut out for him this week. But, um, yeah, for all the things we've talked about before, um, both the Titans side and Seagulls, I think that... Uh, we can pretty confidently uh, put down Manly for a win in this one. All right. Big game on uh, Saturday night down in Melbourne, 7.35. The Storm are taking on the Sharks. This is third versus second. Uh, game of the round. Huge game. Uh, there's not heaps to talk about in the team news, especially when you know, you've know you got uh, teams playing as well as they are. They're not going to make wholesale changes. Um Basically, for the Storm, the only change that I can see uh, is a Tyron Wishart back on the bench. So that would be his third NRL game. Um, Tolman back on the bench for the Sharks. He missed last week's game due to uh, covid (coughs) But really, um, this is going to be the big test for the, um, the Sharks, Griffo, and I think that uh, a couple of former Storm players for Cronulla are going to be looking for big games down in Melbourne.
1: Absolutely. It was the first thing I was going to talk about was you got Dale Finucan and, and uh, Nico Hines up against uh, their former club. Um, so they're going to... Obviously, uh, not that Craig Fitzgibbon's going to need that much help, but they would have been able to give him plenty of pointers um, on on how to deal with uh, the attacking brilliance of the Melbourne Storm. Um, I really look forward to this game. Uh, I might even put off going out Saturday night just to to watch this one. that's saying something. Well, I said I might. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, or if I do go, uh, I'll go somewhere where where it's on. Um, These are two teams who are in a really good form, especially in attack. Um, You've got, this is a big test for the Sharks to see where are they really at. Um, They've They've beaten some of the Lesser Lights, but they did beat the Parramatta Eels, who uh, and I've talked about what I think of Parramatta this year. Well, the Sharks actually beat them. Um, if they can beat the Storm down in Melbourne, then they're really uh, saying we are a top-four team and we are a threat to take out the title. Um I mean, still early days, but it'll give the team immense confidence if they can beat what is almost a full-strength Storm. Um, we're not going to see Christian Welsh for the year. So uh, this is almost the best side the Storm will have available. I'm going to back the Storm uh, because they are in such great form. Um, they've got so many uh, so many weapons at their disposal, uh, and you bring off the bench. You guy like Brandon Smith. You've still you've got some talent yeah. there. Um, Harry Grant, Papin Hughes, Jerome Hughes, Munster, uh, Xavier Coates in the air. Um, they can score tries from anywhere on the field. Um, but so can the Sharks. So it's just, it really is an appealing game. Uh, I don't follow either of the the clubs, obviously, but as as a a rugby league lover, um, this is a game I'm really looking forward to. And I I just think in Melbourne, I'm going to back the storm. Um, But as I said, there's so much incentive for the Sharks in this game. And uh, it also, yeah, it really is a test for them. Because if they can, if they can uh, muscle up in defence against the storm, they can do it against anyone.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's really what this game comes down to for me is the, <coughs> the test for the for the Cronulla Sharks. Because I'll tell you what, Griff, if if the Sharks they don't even have to win this week to show that they're serious contenders. If this is a game where they push the storm and they show that they can uh, go toe to toe with them. Um, that's going to be enough for me to to start considering the Sharks for the top 4. In this game I'm sticking with Melbourne. They're very it's a, it's a very tough ask to go down to Melbourne and come back with the two points regardless of who you are and what form you're in. But um I think, I think the Sharks are going to um going to going to push them and as you mentioned those are uh, those Ex-Storm players are going to be looking at um at coming back with a with a good performance and hopefully two points. Um Nico Heinz, I've been really impressed with his ball playing. Um he's his his ability I, I didn't realise he had this ability when he was at the storm, obviously, and there were question marks about him playing half, but his ability to actually put players in a in a hole I think has been very impressive. Um and I think that they're gonna trouble the the, the storm defense, but you know, if any team is going to be up for it, it's definitely going to um, going to be the Storm themselves. I'm tipping Melbourne in this one. I don't think it's going to be a massive win. And as always, Griffo, we do not condone betting. But I know you're, you're very interested to hear when, um, when the odds may not necessarily reflect how yeah. close the game is. Uh, storm a dollar thirty-seven to the sharks 310 So uh, a bit of value on I the sharks did, there. I did
1: see that earlier. Yeah, um, I, that's nonsense.
0: It's it's a lot closer than that. So uh, oh, I think
1: so close.
0: I think the betting agencies there attempting a lot of the punters to go and put some um some pocket money on the sharks to win, but uh, I think the storm will get the job done in this one. But uh, really, really looking forward to this game. Game of the round for, for me. Definitely game of the round. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sunday, the first game we have this week will be at 2 p.m. Uh, so just keep in mind on uh, Saturday, only two games this week with uh, with the Easter weekend. Uh, everything structured a little bit different. But uh, on Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Sydney Cricket Ground, the Sydney Roosters will host the uh, New Zealand Warriors. Um, Takiyaho has been named to return... Uh, from a calf injury. Uh, Sam Ferrell's also set to play this week. Uh, Baker maintaining his spot in the 17. Uh, Hutchinson and Saluka Fafita dropping out to the reserves. Uh, for the Warriors, Murchie's out, replaced by Katoa on the bench. Uh, other than that, it looks as though it's the... Um, oh, is it the same side as last week from the looks of things? um not too many changes there oh, obviously we have got montoya um he's out we talked about his ban um dwz on the wing for the uh mm-hmm. for the warriors so
1: Bring uh, in the 800 uh, grand man
0: yeah so so there are some changes there when i look nice and close at the teams um we know the warriors got uh, the the chocolates last week in golden point against the uh, Cowboys. It's been a bit of an indifferent season so far for the Roosters, but uh, from what we've seen um, this season, Griffo, when they when they do hit form, they do have the potential to uh, to um, to be the Roosters that we we expect them to be.
1: Yeah, um, I think most people be thinking uh, Roosters win this game. I am part of most people. Um, even though the Warriors have won three games, they haven't been against top-line sides. and uh, One of the games was the West Tigers in uh, one of the worst games of, of rugby league uh, for many years. Ever. Um, <laughs> and then last week, they, they got the Golden Point win over the Cowboys. Again, I don't rate the Cowboys all that highly. Uh, and their other win was it the broncos i think they might beat the broncos so credit to them they're in the top 8 they've got 3 wins 2 losses i think it's a 50-50 win loss after this week because i, I can't see uh, i can't see them beating the the sydney roosters um, as you said the the form of the roosters has not been consistent uh, they've been very up and down um, but they, uh, they looked good last week, the Roosters, uh, when they were in trouble against the Broncos and they were good mm. enough to, yeah. um, to to overcome those, those problems. Uh, and as I said, I mean, Joey Marnum is just a, a star. Um, he's at the top of his game. Um, I just think the Roosters will be too good. Uh, it would surprise me if they lose, you know. Like I could save me a few games like the, I did actually consider this when I was I did my tips. I normally don't do them till after the podcast, but yeah. I did them earlier this afternoon, and I I actually did consider using my joker. Um, and you're the you're the uh, the king of the joker. You you did well last week tipping all eight in a, in a joker round. Uh, But then I did see the Storm play in the Sharks, and that's a game that could certainly go either way. Mm. Uh, I don't see this as one of those either way games. It would surprise me greatly if the Roosters don't get the two points here.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I'd be very surprised if the Roosters don't uh, get the win. And you made a good point there when you talked about the Roosters (coughs) sort of turning it on when they needed to. In that game against Brisbane the other night, you just sort of had the feeling, even I was watching it, and I think Brisbane might have been ahead, 16-10 1610 by memory. I remember watching it, thinking the Roosters will win this. It was just, uh, and it wasn't anything that the the Broncos were doing wrong. It just had that feeling that they could control the game and 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 turn it. And I think with the Warriors, they're just a bit too. They're not the type of team that will go in, grind out a win, and and really just wear a team down. It's almost like they'll score a try and it's all very erratic and it's all very fast. And then, you know, they'll concede a couple and then they might put a few plays in. It's it's, it's a lot less, um, I suppose, structured, planned and, and so on and so forth. They play a bit more what they see. And I think against a team like the Roosters, that that won't fly. Um, so for me, I think, yeah, that, that, that control there for the Roosters and um, just that... I just feel like they're building. And the thing is, too, we've seen the Roosters start to move up the the table. And um, I think, you know, where we got them now, they're, they're at fifth at the moment. Um, they're, they're the best for and against of the teams that have three wins, two losses. They're, they're still building. They haven't hit their best yet. And I think that, uh, you know, in about six weeks' time, just before we hit that that origin period... Um, we'll be talking about how they've well and truly entrenched themselves in that top four. And, um, this is one of the games that you'd, you'd expect them to win. And I'm very confident that the Roosters will get the job done here against the Warriors, um, on an Easter Sunday. All right. So the next game we've got will be, uh, the four o'clock game on Sunday, Uh, The St. George Illawarra Dragons taking on the Newcastle Knights at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. Uh, For the Dragons, actually, welcome back a couple of players this week. Griffo, they've got uh, Josh Maguire and um, Fumayano named to come back from their suspensions. Maguire on the bench. Um, Fumayano, I was interested to see, is actually in the reserves in number 23. So I don't know... Um, if he makes his way into the 17. Um, in the reserves, we also see, as you mentioned before, Tyrell Sloan, um, Jack Gajeski. I know scored a few tries in uh, New South Wales Cup last week uh, for, the, for the Dragons against the Rabbitohs. So uh, a few familiar faces that are not actually in the 17, despite the fact that they're struggling for form. Um, Aaron Woods... Uh, is an is is back to the bench also as well. He's in that reserves list in number twenty. Uh, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see the the makeup of that Dragons team and whether there are some changes before game day. Uh, David Klemmer named for the Knights this week. Um, he had a knee injury and uh, from what we're hearing, um, was supposed to. Supposed to be another few weeks out. So that's an early return for him. That means that Jacob Siafi is going to go to the bench. Um, the other uh, player that's great to see in the side um, is Edric Lee. I think this is yeah his first game in around 18 months. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, had a horrible injury there with his, uh, with his foot injury. So it's great to see Edric Lee back in the side for the Knights. We talked about the Dragons and the challenges, um, but but really, apart from those first two two weeks and a, a decent uh, showing for, for parts here and there against Penrith, uh, it's been a bit more disappointing and uh, wins have been hard to come by for the Knights as well. Um, someone's going to break that uh, this weekend and, and, and get a win down in Wollongong.
1: It's a big game for both teams. Um... Uh Dragons we've talked about them earlier um, before the season started you know we talked about the fact that the, the first grade side and the reserve grade side wouldn't be too much different in uh, in ability um, yeah, that's right. and we're seeing that a little bit this week with uh, some of the guys dropping back to the reserve bench like Aaron Woods um, Maguire comes back. Question is, how long uh, will he be back for uh, uh, and get another six weeks or so? Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, Coach Griffin is a huge Maguire fan because uh, he's straight back in to the 17. Um, after his you know, he hasn't played this year. Uh,
0: George Burgess in the 17 this week, too. I forgot to mention that. He's been yeah. in the news a bit, yeah.
1: but yeah. Yeah, look. I think teams are evenly matched. Um, I think the best player on the field is probably Ben Hunt. I know the, the Knights have got Ponga, but he's right down on form at the moment. Uh, the Knights were actually playing better when he was out. Um, earlier in the year and they had Tex Hoy playing fullback for a couple of games. Uh, their, their form sort of dropped. Uh, I didn't see them play last week, but they have to win. Uh, the Knights realistically see themselves as, as top eight material. Um, uh, they made up the numbers in the top eight last year uh, from memory. Um, and they've got they've got some decent players there. Uh, I just think the likes of Gagai, Bradman, Best, hopefully Ponga comes back to form. Uh, I think there might be too much for St George in the water. Yeah,
0: you're... but without
1: confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is going to be one of those ones where <coughs> I think most people. Are going to? Look, I actually thought most people might look at the Knights start to the year and and that bit of form, but this is another one that that I, I find a bit odd. I was a bit surprised that Sportsbet have the Dragons as favourites. Yeah, I saw game. again.
1: I saw Dragons were favourites, and I thought, S- why? Like,
0: yeah, I I, I I feel that's a bit out of place for me. I don't know if they're. I don't know. I'd, I I I'm not too sure because I, I haven't been impressed with. The dragons over the past couple of weeks. In all fairness, nor have I been impressed with the knights. And you made a good point there too about Caelan Ponga and the form he's in. And um, you know the big elephant in the room has been the um, the meetings and the uh, the contact he's been having with the Dolphins. And if anyone's got to turn up and show that they're worth a big contract, it's him at the moment. Because if I was the Dolphins. Um, I'd want to see some better form than what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, and I hope for their sake that it's not due to a lack of options that they're going to throw massive money at Caelan Ponga, but those big players that um, that want to demand over a million dollars a season, they need to be game changers. They need to be taking a game, turning it on its head, and being able to single-handedly come up with massive plays to win it for their game, and that's what they'll be looking for from Caelan Ponga this week. The the players that we talked about in the first couple of weeks that were in great form, like your Gag Eyes, your Brab and Bess, the combination with Kloon, it seems to have gone a little bit bit cold in the last couple of weeks for the Knights, but I actually feel like this is one of those games where um, I'm really looking forward to the, to the forwards battle. Um, the Dragons have, at times, their forwards have looked good, but they just have too many errors in them for mine. I'm going to go with... The Newcastle Knights in this one, but um, like you, Griffo, zero confidence, but uh, yeah, tipping the Knights,
1: yeah, they've been very aggressive. Uh, like Molo and, and Jaden Sewer have been really good. The two blokes they've brought into uh, this well, two of the many blokes they've brought into the yeah, the squad. But yeah. uh, I've been really impressed with Molo in particular, um, in defense, uh, and, and he makes ground so, um a good battle up front with Molo and, and Clemo, Daniel Safiti. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of a pity that uh, Barnett's not going to be there, and add even more aggression uh, into that forward battle. But um, with with yeah, like you, Graham, uh, I'm not confident, but I'm going Knights, uh, the underdogs in this game for some reason.
0: Yeah, I, that, I was very surprised when I saw that they were the underdogs. Um, but there's no uh, surprises. Who's <laughs> going to be the underdogs on our Monday afternoon Easter Monday football at Combank Stadium, uh, Parramatta? <coughs> the Eels will be taking on the West Tigers. Uh, Eels are going to go into this one hot favourites. And uh, in regard to the team news, um, Wanga Blake he's out with a knee injury, uh, and coming in at centre. MCL, a
1: bit so he's out for a little while.
0: Yeah, so he, he will be out for an extended period. So Nakoro coming in at centre. Um, Penasini going to the wing. So it'll be interesting to see the impact that has on their back line. Um, we've also got Junior Paulo. Uh, he's got a one-match ban for dangerous contract with uh, Oregon Kafusi, replacing him up front. Uh, Sean Lane coming back from a hamstring injury. So that'll mean Madison goes to the bench. Um... Bryce Cartwright is the player to go back to the reserves, and you'd imagine will be the eighteenth man this week for the Tigers. Okay, give me a minute here. So, Dane Laurie's back. That's good news. Turn the, the hooter Tigers. off, Graham. Turn yeah, the I was going to say I might need to suspend that hooter because it's going to go off a few times before uh, I get through this. So, look, Laurie's back. He um. <laughs> He tested positive, from what I understand, at the ground the other day. He rocked up to play, and they said, uh, No, mate, you're COVID positive. Your rat test has come back uh, positive. And I uh, I understand how that feels. That was me the other day. So uh, bad news for him. So he should be back this week. Um, Toa's going to the wing. Uh, Hastings back from suspension, so that's good news. This is where... I could do a whole two hours on this. Luke Brooks shifting to 5'8". Uh, that's an interesting thing for me. I'll talk about it when i got my two minutes uh, to, to have a chat because it's definitely something I think we need to have a bit of a chat about. Um, James Roberts also back. Uh, so he's replacing Gildart in the centres. Mamalo, Little, Peachy have been dropped to the extended bench. Um, so there's probably a couple of captains in there. They're down this week. And um, Simpkins coming in at hooker. All right. Um, look, basically, Griffo, you got two minutes to tell me why none of that's going to make a lick of difference and why is going to win.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, well,
0: uh, Para,
1: I've talked about them being in, uh, you know, really red-hot form. Um, and they come up against a team who's, you know, they're Antarctica, really. Yeah. <laughs>
0: they're that far away <laughs> uh,
1: like it's it's the equator and it's zero, zero degrees <laughs> latitude the hottest place on earth up against uh, 90 degrees south um in the west tigers and uh i just think uh, the sun's not going to be shining on the tigers uh, i think they're going to really uh, i think they're going to cop a, a bit of a hiding to be honest um but, uh, look, I could be wrong. Um, Polo's a big loss for, for the Eels. Um, talked earlier about the fact that their success has, has, has been um, the platform being laid by RCG and, and Junior Polo and the power game through the middle has allowed the likes of Moses and Dylan Brown to do their thing. Um, so it's a big loss, Paulo, but they are playing the Tigers. Um, you know, if it was if they were playing the Panthers or the Storm, you think, well, you know, they really can't get a job done without Junior Polo mm. there. But they can get the job done against the Tigers, and I believe they will. Um, they've really, uh, unfortunately, for the Eels, they've got a crisis of wingers. Uh, you're about four wingers out, and
0: uh, yeah, as you
1: yeah. mentioned, the Pennicini goes to the wing. I. I just think he's so good in the centres. I, I I wouldn't have made that change. Um, I would have looked at another option, maybe even put an on the wing, yeah. or you know, Hayes Perrin. He's on the interchange bench now. Maybe just you know um, a bit of Hayes over uh, over Combank Stadium um,
0: of a different kind, not yeah.
1: Too much, too much class. Uh, Sean Lane comes back into the team. Mm. Um, I thought Madison's been really good for him. Uh, he's back to the bench there. I'm not quite sure why Mitch Rain. Um,
0: Has held his No I know he played
1: last week, but I think Reed Man is an 80 minute player, um, unless he's carrying a little niggle and injury. Huh? I just think you know a guy like Bryce Cartwright offers you know, a point of difference. Um, but I guess, you know, they're probably thinking if, if something does happen to read Marnie, they do need, uh, someone in it, dummy half. off, but, um, you know, whatever way you want to look at this game, I can't see, I can't see the Tigers win. um, par in really good form. Uh, they play their best football at Combank and, uh, I think it could be another long afternoon on Easter uh, Easter Monday. Um, James Tamo came out and said, look, you know, you know, he was in a similar spot with the Panthers a few years ago and they were able to turn it around. Well, you know, he's right. They were at <laughs> yeah. one stage there. They were in a bit of a hole. But the Tigers, they're down a bloody crevasse in Antarctica. Yeah. He's um. asking for
0: lightning to strike twice.
1: <laughs> oh, look! Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. I just think, you know, they're gonna get lapped. Um, anyway, that's yeah. just my thoughts.
0: Yeah, and look, they probably will. And uh, look, I don't know when, <coughs> when when I saw Mitch Rain there, I almost thought I had similar thoughts to you. Why is he there? With you know, um, obviously Reed Marnie, um, you know, being able to play those big minutes. Some might think this is a bit arrogant of the Eels, but my thoughts on this could be that they are... And not, I know you can't go into an NRL game expecting that you're going to win and be able to do this, but I wouldn't be surprised that if they are winning comfortably, they give Reed Marnie a bit of a rest and that this decision to have Mitch Reign there to come in and play maybe the last 20 minutes of the game if the result is beyond doubt... Uh, could be about managing his loads throughout the season and ensuring they're not putting too many Ks on the clock for Reid Marnie. uh, And it'll be something that'll help them later on in the year. I could be way off with that. I wouldn't be surprised if they are well in front. It's not something you see teams plan for uh, and expect that they're going to be, you know, belting a team. But... um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if that's something in the thought process there. I, I, I can see that happening and uh, it'd be a good opportunity to give him a bit of a rest. Um, yeah, the, the other thing I was going to talk about, and you're lucky that we've got this two-minute tip thing now and I've taken about a minute and a half talking about Parramatta Eels. The Luke Brooks thing, I'm just going to basically summarise it in this way. First of all, The difference between six and seven these days isn't massive he could have run out this week with the seven on his back and played a different role it wouldn't have been a big issue it's not as though they're taking him from you know fullback to the wing the worrying sign for me for the tigers is they're doing the same thing that they've done all along with this lack of leadership and lack of a strong um message here They've re-signed Luke Brooks, only was it last week, the week before, and basically said, we're giving you big money, you're our half. we're going to build a team around you. Then a week later going, uh, look, we're going to put you in the number six jersey because we don't think you're doing a good enough job in the halves. The, the message is being sent here. I know if a guy's out of form, you can't just go, oh, well, he's our guy, we're building our team around them. But, like, I, I don't know. I just... There are no decisions that happen at that club that makes sense to me. I just... They're going to lose. Parramatta will win. Parramatta. I
1: think, Graham, with Brooks, I think yeah. what happened was he um, enacted a, a contract that was in his... A play, player contract that was in his favour. Yeah. Because um, apparently North he jumps to... Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, apologies uh he's going on to big money um correct that like really big money and um I
0: mean, is, this a, is this the tiger's way of saying hey if you want that big money show you show you can win <coughs> it I don't know but I don't, you know, I don't think it don't think
1: is I just you. I don't think they've got anyone I mean, they've got Madden uh um he's on the bench this week but I look the number six jersey will go to Adam Dewey when he when he comes back from injury. It's a matter of whether Brooks can stay in the halves because I think there was talk of Hastings going to 13 um I mean he's a big end for the for the Tigers this week hastings he was impressive. probably their best player before um before he got suspended um but you could you could have the best tiger squad and, and they're still going to lose this game like,
0: but even the shift from wearing the number seven to the six that's that's a bit of a piss take I mean yeah it, it's I, I, it, I know what they're trying to say I don't know if they're just trying to be seen to be do doing something I know that a lot of Tigers fans are going oh he's playing five eight that means he's gonna run more the the, the number on your back of the jerseys not gonna mean you know much he can run more as a number seven it's him and hastings being the halves they it's, I don't know it's it's almost like they're trying to be seen to be doing something around the, that halves, when really all they're doing is just giving giving the bloke a different jersey. That's all it is.
1: Yeah, uh, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, interesting, they they did drop a number of players this week. Um, one of their captains, or actually two of their captains, Tyrone Peachy. Um, Mamalo. Little, yeah, Mam- Mamalo. Uh, the was very poor last week. Um, likewise, yeah he yep. struggled. Um, I, I'm not quite sure that Oliver Gildart is NRL quality. Um, jury's out on that one, but I've not seen anything to this point to say that that he is. Um, they got the hooker rotation going. Um, as you mentioned, Jake Simpkin comes back in, he's been out of favor for a few weeks, they had little there. Uh, he had a little go at it, and it has worked out.
0: Um, they've had little for a long time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, they've had little smiles, but uh, um,
0: but well, they could win this week. Who knows?
1: They could, but they I don't probably think won't. Nah, nah,
0: no, I don't think they will. Well, anyway, that's this week's. Uh, right, round before preview. we, yeah, sorry, yeah. Graham, I yeah. thought you were
1: going to wrap it up there. One thing we haven't talked about yet that I think we need to is the uh, NRL- NRLW. W.
0: Yes, yeah. so um, that, that, that <laughs> is uh, the main thing we need to talk about. The NRLW had their grand final um, on the weekend. Uh, that was on Sunday. The full-time result was the Roosters winning 16 points to 4 over the Dragons. Uh, that game took place up in Redcliffe. Uh, We know that uh, for a lot of the season when we were talking about Griffo that the Broncos were the team to beat. We also highlighted the Dragons as one of those uh, informed teams and it looked as though the Dragons were going to um, have a great day out. I think it was the first minute of play from memory that um, it was a a beautiful try um, that the Dragons uh, put on, but that was the only points they were going to get. Um, Fumiano went to the Simbin um, not long after they were uh, leading at halftime, but um, big second half from the Roosters uh gave them the premiership.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a it was a good quality game. It's been a great quality season, and uh, the NRLW continues to go from strength to strength. Um, I've liked the approach of just letting things happen gradually. Um. The quality, I think, of each game is higher than it was when the NRLW first started, when there were just 14 teams. Yep, definitely. Um, so what's happening is that more young girls are getting involved with Rugby League and coming through pathway systems that have been established over the last few years and there's a lot of young, or a lot of young ladies, uh, there were a lot of teenagers playing in that game last week. Um, and, uh, and then throughout the clubs, there's, there's some you know, a number of, of, of girls that are quite young. Um, so uh, that's a really good sign that uh, for the sustained future of, of a high quality competition, um that we're starting to see this and um, we know a little bit because we've had we had a little bit to do with um uh, a schoolgirl competition for a few years um and the reality is that rugby league is not for every it's not for every boy let alone every girl yeah but um but if a young girl has good athletic talent, um, a lot of them play Tag or touch. So they developed those skills of passing uh, and, and running over a long period of time. They start playing touch footy at, at a young age um, with a lot to do with, with uh, girls' touch football over the years. And, and I've always thought, gee, this girl would be a really good rugby league player if, you know, opportunities. And um, and, and now those opportunities are there. Uh, but it is a big difference going from touch to tackle. Yeah. And, but the girls are, are now coming in uh, uh, and a lot more girls are playing junior rugby league and getting those uh, skills, how to tackle, how to deal with, being hit and whatnot. And um and, and we saw it that, that some girls very keen to play go out on the field and and the physical nature of the game then yeah. come back the next no, week. That not um, we but that's that. that's you know that's as it is. That's and right. You, you say the and, same thing about the boys.
0: Yeah. Um, and that challenge too with um <laughs> you know, and you have it in the, the boys and, 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 and the young girls where um, parents need to be confident in signing up their kids for rugby league and ensuring that they're going to be safe and we have talked yeah. about it over the years where um, there has been some hesitation over parents allowing their their daughters to play and also the um, the play the young talented players that choose uh, games such as you know touch or even soccer and AFL because it's um, it's perceived as a, as a safer option for the for the um the parents to enrol their child in, yeah, but
1: I think what we're seeing is the game is getting more publicity, and people are seeing that yeah this this is actually is a game for females as well, yeah, and and the fact that I think it's actually drawing more people to rugby league. Females, I'm talking about mainly, not just as players, but as some as fans, and 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 you know, and particularly for, for younger girls I think, gee, I might actually give this a go, and and it's not for everyone, but it is for for many. Um, it's just that physicality of the game that, and and it's, it's not just girls; it's boys as well who try the game and think. Yeah, I like this, but maybe I'm just going to be a fan because I don't like being hit. Um, but the game is growing very rapidly, and it's attracting athletically talented females. Yeah, and um, and and that, and we're seeing that you know, if a girl's athletically talented, she's probably going to be good at AFL. She's probably gonna be good at yeah. soccer and she's probably gonna be good in rugby league um, and and I guess that that's the thing that we want to get more girls playing because as they are coming through and they get a lot of games under their belt that there's something for them to aspire to and you can't just go to 16 teams and think you're going to have a decent competition. It's got to be gradual, and I think it's been handled really well. Um, they're going to increase. And I think next year, 2023, they're going to put another two teams in, and, yeah. and they're doing it gradually. And I think that's the way to go, because that will give more young ladies the opportunity to, to play over a few years and, uh, and have the skills that they need and I'm not just talking about ball skills. I'm talking about the physical uh, attributes to be able to make a tackle, take a tackle. Um, and that takes time. Um, but it's just the quality of, of rugby league has been really, really good. And um, it's good to see. And, I mean, as, as a fan, like, you know who the girls are now because yeah. you watched them a little bit. And you know that, you know... I've been so impressed by uh, Emma Tonagato uh for yes. the Dragons. She was in joint player of the year, Italian Yeah. Uh, women's player of the year. I really hope she stays because um, she's, she's
0: she's one of those players like you talk about, like you know, she's <coughs> played in the rugby sevens.
1: Exactly. gold uh, medal um, winner.
0: She's a, she's uh, she's one of those uh skilled athletes that you look at her and go that she could she could play Half dozen sports probably.
1: She'd be yeah. She'd be good at whatever she does, sport-wise. Yeah. Um. So it'd be great if she can. St- I'd love to see her play Origin. Um, um. Later in the year, I'm not quite sure when the ladies' Origin is. Um. I'm, I'm, uh, and I know they're playing the 2022 season at the back end of the NRL season. So, um. So lots to look forward to there later in the year. Origins going to two games this year not quite sure why it doesn't go to three i know i said i like the gradual approach but i think th- there is th- the quality of 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 ladies playing the game you can get three high quality origin games um but yeah. it is what it is for the moment but it's an increase so that's a good thing um and congratulations to the roosters i thought the dragons were going to win that game um in the last few games the Dragons they did a lot of really good things but one thing that uh, would have I guess had Jamie Salwood pulling his hair out was they just kept getting tackled on the last tackle not getting a kick in Mm -hmm. Uh, would have been you know would have been quite frustrating they were able to win the semi-final doing it but um, they they, I thought that can't be a tactic Um, but they just kept yeah, I, I don't know. That was that was an area of their game that they'll they'll look back on and think, why did we keep doing that? But but they had a really good season. They were good to watch. Mm. And uh, Roosters with uh, you know they had a bit of star power there. A couple of former dragons in the centres uh, oh, in Isabel Kelly. Kelly, Kelly was uh, great, wasn't she? Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good, and yeah. uh, good to see a different winner this year as well.
0: Yeah, no, nah, uh, really, really good because we, we really thought that the Broncos were going to be the team to beat. It just shows that um, there's enough talent around the uh, the competition for for um you know for more teams and 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 for different teams to be competitive. And um, as you said, we're really looking forward to <coughs> the Origin, which um is usually around this a similar time as the um the other State of Origin, the Men's State of Origin. So you're probably looking around. Uh, I think it's in June. The um the women's state of origin and um for for a lot of these uh these players griffo they're going to go back to the um you know the new south wales and queensland uh premiership uh competitions that you'll also see week in week out um for 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 their other um their other clubs so to speak so coming back together again at the end of the year we look forward to that but it's been a really successful uh nrlw season especially considering due to covid and whatnot um it was unable to go ahead uh last year so keep in mind that was the 2021 season 2022 season still to come
1: and then of course they they also have their world cup uh, along yeah. with the men um after the season's over so it's going to be a really good lead in playing that that 2022 season, leading into the World Cup, it's unfortunate that perhaps uh, you know the Origin is 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 out of out of season for the the NRLW. Um, yes, they'll go back. Some of them play with their their local clubs, but just think uh, it'd be good if they were playing the top quality uh, leading into that. But you know it is what it is, and um, those Origin games have been hard fought, and I'm sure they will be again this year.
0: Yeah, because I think the uh, the Harvey Norman have the sponsorship for the the New South Wales Women's Premiership. Um, yeah, is the is a main competition, and that uh, I think we've got a couple of weeks until that um, that gets cracking. So um, yeah, there'll be a, there'll be more uh, uh, women's uh, football <coughs> on the horizon there for us to follow and uh, and uh, keep across, but. Um, yeah, look for us this week, Griffo, I think that's um, that's just about everything. It was good to get back on board after um having a week off last week due to uh, due to circumstances uh, and 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 whatnot. We couldn't get it, couldn't make it happen this week. Shane couldn't be with us this week, uh, but we hope to have him back on board this uh, next week. And um, I hope that everyone has a really good week.
1: Yeah. Thanks, uh, listeners. And enjoy what should be a good round of NRL this week.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.